Good evening, folks. Welcome back inside the video vault. This is JB. Hey, I'm. <clears throat> Hello, I am Eddie. How are you? Uh, Eddie, what are you doing right now? Oh, I'm just getting real comfy. And I'm on the comfy couch. I got a comfy. Oh yeah, now. it's the couch episode today, it's isn't couch it? Couch episode. Yeah, we found a couch on the sidewalk when we were um, cleaning our yard uh, outside uh, the vault. Yeah, yeah, backspace. Yeah. So we got a backspace outside the vault. Yeah, the ET Atari game is buried there. Yeah, and we found this big old comfy couch. And at first, we thought this is gonna be really fun. But now it feels like there's more to it, but I'll get to that later, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Now, the couch is making me feel real comfortable, ladies and gentlemen. Real comfortable. I'm very glad you're comfy. Yeah. I but uh, let's talk about Fastlane. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we get to Fastlane, the SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view right before WrestleMania. Well, not right before, but we're... Um, a few weeks away from the granddaddy of them all. Now, besides the pre-show match, that was Breezango and Ty Dillinger against Mojo Rawley, Chad Gable, and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, pretty solid show, I would say. Yeah, I liked it. I had no problem with it whatsoever. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, because most of the <laughs> matches were at least four-star matches, if you ask me. I'd say three and a half, but yeah, sure. Okay. I think, uh... You've been talking in this voice all episode? Yeah. Okay, great. Sorry. It's okay. You picked the worst worst time for me to get a couple well, catch episode. Well, you are the worst boy, so. Yeah, America's worst boy. <laughs> the cat has jumped onto the, onto the mic stand. Oh, get away, you comfortable cat. <laughs> anyway, so, kicking off the show, a match that was made kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev with his manager Aiden English. That's right. So these two are the hottest acts on SmackDown right now. Yeah, because uh, Nakamura, the Royal Rumble winner. And Rusev Day, because of Rusev Day. Yeah, I mean, Rusev, he's taken this gimmick of, it's not just this day, it's Rusev Day, and the crowd is rolling with it. He is incredibly over. I'm kind of worried why they haven't done anything else with him. It's because he's a heel, and he's a naturally occurring, He's a but he's also a natural, like, turner. Like... People, management likes to either A, take its time, or B, just hope it burns out. That's what happened with Daniel Bryan. Eventually, the pot is going to explode, and Rusev is going to find himself with the WWE Championship. I get that, except I feel that Rusev is is always going to find something to do, no matter what the circumstances. I don't know, man. He went six but, months without anything going on. Yeah, but that that's just my point. He's, I mean, the fans love him, but then... You have those six months without anything going on, and that leads me to the, to the, uh, to this point. I think that Rusev Day's window is closing. Oh, I don't think. It, yeah, I mean, it's always going to be closing, you know. But like that's that's every that's every gimmick that doesn't get tapped onto immediately. Yeah, you but, you ha- but you have the crowd chanting Ru- Rusev Day, Rusev Day. Yeah, so and then you got you got the the, the dueling chant of Nakamura Rusev Day. Well, I mean, yeah, but you also put Rusev against Nakamura, like you know, Nakamura and Rusev are both in the same position, just not in the same space. Like they're both the most over guys, but they have nothing going on. So they put these two together. Of course, they can get dueling reactions, but trust me, if you put Ru- when you put Rusev. In a match against Randy, like that's the other problem is that this is Nakamura and he's creating dueling chants. Like Rockmore is usually a hundred percent. 
And look, I get that. Rusev's Na- popularity has matched Nakamura's. The, and that's phenomenal. And I know that that's, Nakamura. That's AJ Styles. Yeah, that's true. More about him later. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, God. <laughs> Too comfortable, Josh. Yeah, well, it is the comfy couch episode. Yeah, it is. So, anyway, the. um, Yeah, but so Nakamura, you know, he's not going to take the pinfall um, when it's this close to WrestleMania and he's in the main event. Of course not. But Rusev, I feel that. I, Short of a multi-man ladder match for the U.S. title, which I don't want to see happen, I can't help but think that the best Rusev can hope for is winning the completely meaningless Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah. Unless they put him in a smack a feud with someone on Raw. I don't think they'll do that till after SmackDown. Or after WrestleMania. <laughs> well, there's always one match that's co-branded. I don't know. We'll see. Like, um... Like, when, whenever there's a brand split, there's always at least one. Oh, wait, no, they didn't do that last WrestleMania, did they? Oh, because before the brand split, it was all... Like, when the, when the brand split was first created, there were no real part-timers. No, there were part-timers everywhere, so they just do that and that. Well, you know, we could get into a few of from Raw. You could just end up in a situation where he just happens to run into somebody and gets into a mid-card feud. Still got six, yeah. five more weeks. Yeah, but also this match featured... I mean, you you just watched it. Probably spot of the night. Um, yeah, I'm going to say this was the spot of the night. You got Nakamura lining up for the Kinshasa, and then Rusev just turns him inside out with the Machka kick. Yeah, he killed him. You know, his face went into his body. Yeah, his, his you said his face just went into his face. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, and... I mean, they gave him almost 15 minutes, which is almost unprecedented for a match that opens the card. Or opens the main show, at, at the very least. But it was it was a solid match. It was it uh, exceeded my expectations. Yep, that's all I got there. I mean, you know, it means nothing, but it's a good match, and the crowd was hot. And you really couldn't have picked two bigger personalities to open up a show that just seems on the on a on the paper just so fucking boring. Yeah. Like you know the way they put Rusev and Nakamura in a match together is because they knew the crowd was gonna be hot for both of them. And so now the hat crowd is out for the rest of the show. That's it. That's the only reason they did it. And it worked. Cause yeah, was, I mean... The crowd was hot. That was fucking Columbus, Ohio, and it sounded like Chicago. Yeah, well, Columbus always always has a decent crowd because it's it's at the college arena. Yeah, but, like, just because it's a decent crowd doesn't mean that it's, like, a loud crowd. Yeah. Was it at Ohio place. State or was it at the Blue Jacket spot? I'll have to look that up later. But it doesn't feel like, you know, like... It felt like a loud crowd. It felt like a real hot I mean, crowd. Yeah, I mean, in, in the short existence of the fast lane pay per view, like this was the hottest crowd it's had. Yeah, um, probably the most crowds in pay per view this year. Yeah, uh, other than the elimination chamber crowd, that was a pretty hot crowd too. No, but this one was hotter. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So next up, we had the singles match for the U.S. title. Uh, at first glance, this was also a match that seemed um, a bit off, but you had the champion. The glorious Bobby Roode against the Apex Predator and the Viper, Randy Orton. Yeah, and you really couldn't have just picked two Triple H people to play it and made a match. Together. Yeah, I, I, I made a joke on Twitter, because um, Patches Chance, who is the wrestling editor at Real Sport, you could follow him on Twitter, at Patches Chance. Uh, yeah, um, he, made, he made a joke earlier that the, um, if you had Ric Flair and Triple H having a child, it would be Bobby Roode. And that's very valid because he's got the spine buster and the re- and the wrestling acumen like Triple H, but he comes out in the Ric Flair gear. And if, if you think about it, that said, 
this match, Orton and Rude, two Triple H guys, maybe it all comes down to, Dad likes me better. No, he likes me better. I'll kill you! I mean, okay, maybe. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to watch you do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Um, Bobby Roode was given his gimmick by Triple H. If anything... Well, Bobby Roode's been doing that writ high fine... Love yeah, he, he's been playing like the I've got money card. <laughs> that for a while. They just yeah. put the robe on him. He needs to stop wearing the robe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I didn't really care about this match because Bobby Roode is not a face. He's a heel. He's a bad guy. He's always going to be a bad guy. Yeah, and yet he and yet here, like it's like. Face versus face, or face versus he's, tweener. He's always a like he always he's only over because of his theme music. But he is over. He was over already. He just didn't he didn't need to. He's a bad guy. He's a he, yeah. He looks like a banker. Like he looks like a he looks like a swarmy money guy. That's fine. Let Bobby Roode be Bobby Roode. Like the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, he kind of looks like the Wolf of Wall Street. Just let Bobby Roode be Bobby Roode. He looks he looks like Matthew McConaughey's character in Wolf of Wall Street. Um, not well, not quite, but no. I mean, but he like his his he's got like that that mentality that he yeah. When he was in NXT, that's what he just sounded like. He just sounded like a guy who just like did a lot of cocaine. <laughs> that's fun, great. Anyway, so they have that versus Randy Orton, who was just unholy, uh, un uncontrollably unlikable as a character, as a person. I I like Randy Orton as yeah. a character. Randy Orton is just. And by unlikable, I mean he's the viper, he's the apex predator, he's all that good stuff. And you want to see that good stuff. You want to hate Randy Orton. You want to hate Randy Orton so much because he's a really good villain. When he's ever a face, you can tell that Randy Orton doesn't want to be a face. Oh, yeah, he's been wanting to go heel for almost a year. Yeah, you know, and, like, the RKO's out of nowhere, all that is is cool, but, like, let Randy be Randy, man. And that's the problem. Both these guys are not particularly happy in the roles that they're playing right now, and it shows. I mean, I'll, I'll fully admit I'm I'm a complete Randy Orton, Mark. I mean, I, I almost jumped out of my seat tonight when the RKO hit. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right in that he does look like he's doing just enough to not obviously be phoning it in. Yeah, like, certain people are just better faces, are just natural faces, and certain people are just natural heels. And whether or not it gets over is one thing, but just don't mess with their vibe. Like, yeah. Randy Orton is a guy who, like, as a heel could also be a face, but, like, you start fuck, you start messing with his vibe, then it's like, oh, he comes across a little corny. comes across a little scene You know, the whole purpose of like, Randy Orton is that he's a violent, t- temperamental bastard. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, from 2009, the uh, intermittent explosive disorder angle. That was cool. That was cool. But Randy right now, what's his whole thing now? He's like, I'm a dad, and there's nothing wrong with I'm that. I'm a dad who can kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, but, like, so many people, like, so many wrestlers are dads who can... Kevin Owens has already cornered that market. Yeah. It's like, Randy, like, you're doing great stuff. Like, I wish I'd just let you be you, man. Like, you know how much... Like, we need Randy Orton now more than ever to be the... Vi- like the To villain, be Randy Orton? To be the villainous Randy Orton one more time. Just give us one last... One great... One more great real heel run and save SmackDown. <laughs> okay. But on the whole, I mean, they gave him 19 minutes and change. Match-wise, it was great. That was 19 minutes? Uh, I thought it was slow. But yeah. Okay. That's the problem. It, it was a slow match, but it really it really two, ramped up towards the when end. When you have two people who wrestle a similar style, there's always going to be a complaint. So, for example, yeah. like, if you wrestle flippy-flippy people, high flyers, it's like, oh, it's exciting, but like, it doesn't tell a story. 
guys like Randy Orton and Bobby Roode, they tell stories, but they're not impre- they're not they're not exciting. It's uh, like, it's like I mean with the flip with the flippy guys, I'd say that's kind of like watching let's say Power Rangers, but then <laughs> but then if you're watching two guys like Orton and Roode wrestle each other and try to tell a story, it's gonna it's gonna be more like what watching Walker Texas Ranger. Yeah, it's slower in the pace. You know, that's what was so great about that Nakamura Rusev match is that you had two guys who are kind of similar, but completely different in both their personalities. Absolutely, like yeah. So you have a big dude who's awesome. Like, they both do kicks, but other than that, they have nothing in common. AJ Styles versus John Cena is a lot of fun. Because yeah. you have a guy who's like, a guy like AJ Styles who's like fast and speedy and can like do all these amazing bumps. They have John Cena who's like, I'm just going to be able to toss you around. Like, that's so yeah. much fun to watch. But when you have two guys who are exactly the same, watching, like, I don't know, like, Triple H and Randy Orton go at it because uh, they're, again, the same kind of storytelling wrestling, guess what happens? You end up at WrestleMania 25 main event. Yeah. Not a good one. Yeah. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. How'd that turn out so great? Two different, completely different styles. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, next up on the card, we had, oh, also uh, uh, with uh, Orton and Rude, at the end you had Jinder, this is probably another big spot of the night, Jinder Mahal comes in and interrupts Orton, Rude gets involved, and then just kind of goes batshit crazy and performs the glorious DDT on the new champion, Orton. Um, I guess we'll find out in a couple of days <laughs> if it was a full-on heel turn. No, we probably would uh, uh, That's not a full-on heel turn. Either way. You can always tell a whole full-on heel turn. I really more don't a, want there to be a triple threat match for the U.S. title. Uh, no, this will be the six-man match. This oh will be God, the one where they not. don't really know. This will be like the Intercontinental Ladder match. This will be like the... Both the U.S. title. Yeah, it'll be that match. Both the U.S. Oh, God, Actually, I Actually, that's not. exactly what that match going to be. We don't have a ladder match. We'll see. Yeah, because we... Eddie and I realized... Uh, was it last week or the week before... One thing that the last three WrestleManias all have in common, there was a ladder match in each one. So, we'll see. We'll see if they keep up that trend. Uh, next on the card, for most forgettable match of the night, uh, Natalia and Carmella against Becky Lynch and Naomi. I appreciate that you you want to give the ladies something to do, but if if it's just clearly a filler match, because, like, let, let's be honest, this, this was the, the pee break match of the night. Yeah, there's, there's one. There's I mean, one on every it's show. The shortest match, too. Aside from the pre-show, um, yeah, dude. It's these matches. I mean, this match was was very much not, and you know it sucks too because all four of those women are just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, um, I mean but the, the Natalia, Carmella, <coughs> Becky Lynch, and Naomi. The whole the whole storyline. Complete line, athletes. The whole storyline is that. Carmella and Natalia were talking shit about each other in the locker room, and then Naomi got involved and said Natalia, and it's just like, move on, guys. Like, you could have made a better story than that. Like, and it's, it's all about Twitter trending. It's Twitter trending. And it's like, why do women always have to be the Twitter trending ones? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, but like Emma had this, I already saw this story with Emma. It's always like Twitter trending, or like Becky, who cares? Just give, give Becky Lynch just a hot mic and just let her go off. I agree with that 100%. If they're going to have these four fight each other in a tag team match, at least make it over a, over a legit beef and not about who's trending higher on Twitter. Yeah, Carmella killed it. Like when yeah. she First one money in the bank, and she went off. That was cool. Yeah, but they, these ladies deserve so much more. Yeah. We got a Facebook message. I'll look at it later. Mm-hmm. 
Next up for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions, probably my two favorite tag teams in all <coughs> WWE. I'm talking Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Usos versus The New Day. Now, this was kind of untraditional in that The New Day didn't cut their usual promo at the beginning. They just kind of came out, were throwing some pancakes around. Out come the Usos, and all of a sudden it's the Nerds versus the Bullies again. <coughs> for the first time since October. Yeah. Anything Anything else? No, not really. I, mean, I thought you were just summarizing the match. Oh. It was a fine match. I mean, you had you had uh, Xavier Woods and Kobe Kingston representing the New Day. Yeah. It was the usual thing. There were some crazy spots, like a boom drop here and there. And it was all for naught because the Bludgeon Brothers crashed the party. Well, what's so great about this match, before we even get involved in that part, is the fact that they started trading off each other's finishing moves. Uh, the Usos tried to hit Trouble in Paradise. They hit their own version of the, <coughs> of the boom drop. Um... They tried to do the Midnight Express and uh, the, the Midnight Hour. Hour. Like they were trying to hit all they like they hit all those moves, but then suddenly the New Day starts hitting super kicks. And they hit the super kicks. They went for the Uso, the double Uso, the double Uso. That's right. But then they got yeah. then they got screwed, uh, messed up. So then the Uso, So then that's when Jimmy drops everybody outside. Yep. And that leads to the Bludgeon Brothers coming out. Yes. Uh, it was nice to see the Bludgeon Brothers actually go out there and destroy some actual acts as opposed to those jobbers. Yeah, because, I mean, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, when they're together and they got they got it, they got it. Oh, yeah. It was great watching them destroy everybody. Um, I don't believe this will lead to a triple threat. I believe that this will lead to the Usos and the New Day... Fighting them separately, it'll be like on an episode of SmackDown, the New Day will yeah against them, and then on Raw, and then and then like in two weeks, the New Day will go up against the Blood Brothers and lose, and then the Blood Brothers will then go through the Usos at Mania. I don't think, and it'll probably be on the pre-show. <laughs> no, I think this will be main card. I think enough has been made of the Usos not making it on the main card. That they're going to give them a shot at the main card now. I really hope so. Because, like, this whole boys in the hood angle, or gimmick, rather, it's really working. I mean, the the fact that they kind of dropped the, um, um, doing the, the Siva towel with the face paint. The haka. Uh, no, no, uh, that's not a haka. It's a Siva towel. Yeah, okay. It, it's, it's like a haka, but, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so... <clears throat> so they've abandoned that this kind of like kitty gimmick with the hokey theme song and now they're just you know we're a couple of badass Samoan dudes who are gonna kick you in the face and then jump on you yeah yeah and yeah they deserve to be on the main card and Smackdown simple as that yeah they're the best they're the best uh, tag team on the roster right now yeah um i say it's them then the bar then the New Day then Revival yeah, Revival is definitely up there. Durable might even be top three, but Revival just needs to get, like, their shit together. Um, but, yeah, no, the Revival... Actually, I would probably say the Revival's probably better than the club, than the bar. I mean, Who but go, going back to uh, to the Bludgeon Brothers, though, if they, if they are destined to, fit, to fight for the SmackDown tag titles at Mania, they, they have to go over, because Harper and Rowan, they've jobbed so many times to the Usos, especially in 2014... It's it. 
They got they got to take that step forward. They got to get the belts. Oh, I think, and I think enough people. I mean, I believe so. I think that enough has been made about how long the Usos have held on to those titles. Yeah. That they're like, yo, they're foreshadowing their own demise. You know, it's like they're showing the the pride before the fall. That's We're the enough. Usos. No one can touch us. We're the best. We're the fucking dope. Yeah, we you don't you don't hear me, Us? And then <laughs> they're just going out there and cutting promos about how great they are. No one's stopping them. No one's touching them. No one's interrupting them. Which means... Someone's about to get dropped. Like, it's just... It's just good old-fashioned... Just good old-fashioned Greek mythology 101. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. But after the tag team match, and Xavier Woods took a spine buster or, like, a powerbomb onto the steel steps... Yeah, gross. ...to the point where they said, oh, Xavier Woods, he's got a thoracic spinal contusion. Which, like, those are just words they made up. Yeah. I mean, I mean... A thoracic spinal... Thing. Xavier was selling it like a champ, doing the shallow breathing and the like. Uh, but after that match was the SmackDown Women's Championship against the champion Charlotte Flair defending her belt on Ruby Riot. On Ruby Riot? Defending her belt against Ruby Riot. I mixed up words. That's right. Um. <laughs> uh, and because going back to what you said about similar styles, not telling the best story, I think we had something very similar here because you got... Um, Ruby Riot, the the kind of goth punk girl with the tattoos and the piercings going up against uh, the the very vanilla Charlotte Flair, just two great technical wrestlers, major differences in look, and not so much personality. Um, what did you think of this match? Oh, I liked it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Ruby Riot really held herself like a, like a star. I thought it was. I thought I was like never watching this match. I thought that she was out. Out maneuvered. Um, if she would have held on to the figure in the figure eight just a little longer. See, the figure eight was my biggest issue because you go through the whole brouhaha of the riot squad getting involved along with um, Becky Lynch and Naomi. Both pairs are eventually um, ejected <coughs> from the ring after after certain shenanigans. I don't have a problem with Ruby Riot taking the L in this in this uh, match, Eddie. I have a problem that she tapped out. Yeah, but, you know, it's like, a tap-out doesn't mean it's the end of the world. A tap-out's bad when, like, it's the first part of it. But we knew this story was going to end the moment this match was over. So what it means is a definitive end to that story. It's been a great story. It's been a great ride. But that yeah. story's now over. I mean, I, I, pers- I personally think that Ruby Riot could have... She could have been built up into the top heel of the SmackDown Women's Division. And she still might be. She's going to be, yeah. I mean, you know, I think Carmella is going to find her way into that zone, and I think Ruby Riot's going to do it. Like, because right now the top heel really is Natalia. I mean, it should be Charlotte, to be honest. Charlotte should be the top heel. Ruby Riot should also is also top babyface material that they are forcing to heel. Anyway, point is, um, yeah. I mean, Ruby Riot could have been built up as the number one heel, but like you know, at the end of the day, it's still like she's still a newbie. You know what I mean? So she still played that newbie card a little better. I get that. I uh, not a newbie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, mean, I just would have preferred natural selection to finish it rather than the figure eight. Yeah, but she also hasn't really used natural selection in a while. Oh no! You know what she used? She used all three of her moves to know it. No, she, there was a moon she used, salt. She, she used the natural selection on Morgan, I think. Sarah, I'm, I'll have to go back and look. I know she made Liv Morgan tap out. I remember that. I think she's natural. I don't know. All I know is, um, 
I was fine. It's fine. It's not the worst thing in the world. Ruby Riot was made to look like a champ, and that's all that matters. Um, but like you said, it's all moot because at the end of it all, when Charlotte's standing up and is cradling her belt, the winner of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, Asuka, makes an appearance and officially, despite being on the Raw roster, she defects to SmackDown and challenges Charlotte for that very belt yeah, to cool. a huge pop from the crowd. Yeah, and you know, it's crazy because I said that was going to happen. <laughs> I think a lot of us kind of figured out. Yeah, because after Elimination Chamber, we're thinking, okay, um, we're probably going to get probably going to get a triple threat between Asuka, Nia, and Alexa on the on the Raw side for the Rollins Championship, but this makes much more sense because now Asuka, after getting manhandled by Nia Jax, she makes the move to SmackDown and challenges Charlotte, and that's a match that I think everybody wants to see. Um, she didn't get manhandled by Charlotte. Charlotte, I mean, no, manhandled but, by Nia Jax. She beat up Nia Jax recently. She beat Nia yeah, Jax but, uh, Yeah, but uh, after the match is what I'm saying. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, Josh, last Raw, she, like, made Nia Jax tap out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. But but I'm also I'm also mentioning that as sort of like finishing her business with Nia quickly and then... Oh, yeah, she finishes with yeah. Nia quickly. Right, sorry, I was... Okay, so she finishes with Nia. Yeah, what's great about it is she's... Ta- she's she, in five months, um, tore through Raw. Yeah. And now she can have... She has five weeks. What's she going to do? Well, first she's going to beat Becky, then she's going to beat Naomi, then she's going to beat Natalia, then she's going to beat, I don't know, not Carmella, probably not Carmella, because she's already kicked Carmella's ass a bunch, so generally it's all moot. Um, she's going to beat the Riot Squad, and then she's going to beat Charlotte. In five weeks, she's going to run through the entire SmackDown roster. That's what okay, she's but do. where does that leave Carmella's cash in, though? I think it's going to happen at Mania. Yeah. I think she might have a cash in. I think it's going to fail. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to fail really hard. I think she's not going to get it done. Uh, I hope not, because it is the first women's cash in. Yeah. But I think, I think Carmella might be the one that takes the title. I think Asuka gets beat, getting beaten by the money, getting her street broken by the Money in the Bank contract. It's such a shitty thing to do, but also it's like... Or maybe you could have her cash in like Rollins, so it's a triple threat, and then Nasuka doesn't take the pin. Yeah, but it's it's, it's the WWE pigeonhole themselves because they don't, they now have put them they put themselves in a situation where any type of match that Oscar's in, if she loses, the streak is broken. Like they've mentioned it enough times in she every is. match she's in, so tag team matches, um, triple threats, battle royal, royal rumbles. Yeah, you know. I mean, either way, I am I am psyched for that <laughs> match in Mania. It's, yeah, I'm psyched for that. I think I'm excited to watch. The it's going to be a technical masterpiece. And now we have Nia versus Alexa. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'd be okay, I'm okay with that because that match has been a long time coming. Yeah, and we also will have Sasha versus Bailey. Yeah, that will also be a great one. So they make music together in that ring. Yep. So moving on to the main event, the complete and utter madness that was the six-pack challenge for the WWE Championship with Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, John Cena, Kevin Owens, and the champion, the phenomenal AJ Styles. Now, my biggest fear going into this match, I don't know about you, was that Cena was going to win and make it a triple threat, which I did not want to see, just because he doesn't need to win to win his record-breaking belt 
on... On Fastlane? Yeah, on, on Fastlane. Um... Yeah, I mean, that wasn't really my biggest fear. I kind of figured that AJ was going to win no matter what. Yeah. But either either way, there was some phenomenal storytelling in this match. You had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens continuing their bickering. Kevin Owens comes out. He doesn't even get halfway through his music when Sami Zayn's kicks on. Um, yep. Ziggler good. and Corbin were just kind of there. I mean, Corbin... Corbin nailed a big deep six. I think the reason for this match, now that I I'm, like have had a little bit of time to think about it, the reason for this match is because they put all the main eventers that they could, except for Randy Orton, in this match. AJ wins just so that way when Shinsuke wins, it puts him at the top of the food chain. It's like it's like transitive property. Okay, yeah, I was I was just thinking that myself. You have AJ, you use this match to build, take all of their heat, and then you transfer it to Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Um, and just there was, for some reason they put Shane McMahon in this match now. I love Shane McMahon. I have fun watching him in the ring. He, there was no reason for him to be ringside here. Because now, now the rumor is, per several sources, that he's going to fight Dolph Ziggler at Mania, which I don't quite get. I mean, if it's, if Ziggler is serving as Daniel Bryan's proxy, then sure, I get it. Um, we're, you know, we're probably going to have Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, although that might not happen because... Oh, God, for all the spots of this match, you had AJ taking the AA through the table. You had, yeah, he got shot. Yeah, he got destroyed. You had Corbin's epic deep six. You had several zigzags and super kicks from Ziggler. You had Shane McMahon taking a kick to the face from Kevin Owens. And then you have him in a position where um, Owens goes, goes to, in for a pin. Uh, Shane McMahon pulls him out. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Owens is in trouble, and while Zayn is yelling at Shane, he has to run and break up the pin that Ziggler tries to sneak away, and then he goes in for the pin, and all of a sudden he's pulled out. So now Shane is messing with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn again. I don't know what the point of this is leading up to WrestleMania. Maybe it's a two-on-one handicap match. I don't know. I don't either. It's just, I mean, it, it didn't matter either way because at the end you had. Uh, AJ Styles, who had been laying down for about 10 minutes, come f- literally flying out of nowhere with a phenomenal forearm and pinning Kevin Owens for the for the victory. So, it's like you said, there like, you have AJ Styles taking so many lumps from, from all these guys and then coming out of it still victorious and he's looking all the stronger as a result. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. He wins the match. He looks good. Shinsuke won the Rumble. So, it's like these guys look like survivors. They look like they're right. They've taken out everybody around them. Shinsuke beat everybody in the Rumble. AJ has beaten everybody on SmackDown. <coughs> and a desperate John Cena. Yeah. And right. now there are two trains colliding to each other on a destination called Cena. Yeah. And speaking of Cena, he opens the match by a pretty much throwing an AA party for everybody except AJ Styles. Great AA party. Yeah. And they kind of do their thing. They're trading punches, giving the crowd what they what they loved a year or so ago. And then all of a sudden, you know, Corbin, Ziggler, Owens, and Zayn, they enter the ring and everyone just kind of starts joining in on the uh, mass beatdown of the leader of the C-Nation. That's right. Well, he deserved it. Well, that said, um, what's going to happen to Cena at WrestleMania? Oh, it's, it's going to be Taker. Yeah, I mean, we've heard it's going to be Undertaker, because um, Cena called out the Undertaker after Elimination Chamber. 
John Cena is gonna be like, I literally have nothing else. And then you're gonna he's like, Oh, I literally have nothing else, and man, I've done everything to get into WrestleMania and I lost, man. And then everybody's gonna be like, Boo or yeah, I guess I guess I just gotta put my hat down and I'm gonna say I'm bowing out of this WrestleMania. Word and then suddenly like you know the Undertaker's gone. Yeah, like it's just gonna be John Cena at his most desperate because now he literally has no path into WrestleMania. Yeah, it's at this point I think it's either Taker, they could revisit Elias, which I which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, and also let's just point out John Cena. <laughs> John Cena like last year was just like you made my wife angry, so now we have a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, that that was that was dumb as fuck. A very happy moment at the end, but. Kind of dumb. Like, why does he need a justification? Why does he just go, I challenge you to a match at WrestleMania? And everybody's like, all right. Yeah. What's the face show? Hey, everybody here is acting like you wouldn't want to face. If John Cena walked in and was like, do you want to have a match with me at WrestleMania? I'd be like, yeah. I'm like, let's do it, John. I'd be like, I'll be like, well, yeah, but am I going over? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, Undertaker. Uh, Undertaker, or if uh, the other rumor's true, Rey Mysterio. Right. Eh. Yeah, my, my thoughts too, just because with Cena and Taker, that match means something. Because these are these are two titans of the industry who, they only faced each other that one time at Bad Blood, I think, what was it, 2000? No, not 2000. Taker and, uh, Taker and Cena? Yeah, 2006. Yeah. No, well, they faced each other on a couple Smackdowns too. No, I'm talking on a pay-per-view. Oh. Um... It it's been a while because it, it was he was still doing the Doctor Thugonomics gimmick. Yeah, that wouldn't have been two thousand six. Yeah, that so, would have been two thousand five. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I can't do math. Um, but yeah, so that match still means something because you got two of the probably the two biggest names in the industry. I mean, you could throw Ric Flair in there too, but Taker versus Cena at WrestleMania—that's never happened. Where if it was Cena versus Mysterio, yeah, it was fun. Mysterio came back at the Royal Rumble and and got a huge pop from the Philadelphia crowd. But to put him up against Cena, it would just be a nostalgia fest. And you don't want to do that for WrestleMania. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, mean, they kind of did that with Chris Jericho against Ricky Steamboat, Jimmy Snuka, and um, Roddy Piper in that that three-on-one handicap match at Mania. Yeah, but the WWE is too large now to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, we're gonna have to, what do you call it? Yeah, we're just gonna be Undertaker. I mean, I'm not really even interested in a John Cena and Rey Mysterio match. I don't think anybody really is. Yeah, because, like, there's still that tease of Undertaker. Like, if you were to tell me that next year, or SummerSlam, totally, I'd watch a Rey Mysterio and John Cena match at SummerSlam. Sure. Even at WrestleMania next year. But right now, it's like, uh, I'd rather just watch John Cena. They gotta be so hyped for John Cena and Undertaker. Yeah. And I understand that there are gonna be some people who's, who don't want to see that just because when Taker lost to Roman Reigns last year. I mean, I mean you and I were there in yeah, person. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that we're right because we were there. We saw it live. And then we're going again this year. So what's yeah. happening is no matter what happens, if he doesn't come back, we saw him retire last year. But if he does retire this year, if he does come back and this is last year, we can see it again anyway. So I guess what we're trying to say is, we don't care what your opinion is. We don't care. We don't care. We're going to go see it. It's going to be great. All said in the comfy couch voice. Oh, it's going to be great. You have no idea, guys. You have no idea. I get to watch Undertaker retire 
twice. Yeah, but I think that's the big problem I have is that last year's send off was just so wonderful between him him taking the pin, not a dry eye in the house, the entire crowd's chanting "Thank you, Taker," and you know he leaves the he leaves the jacket, the gloves, and the hat all in the <clears> ring. Um, leaves the goes back down into the ramp with his fist raised. The lights go out entirely to just a very somber gong sound effect. It was such a perfect way to end the night. And now you want to put a show, put Taker in a match in a show, like a a very significant show, mind you, that is A, not going to main event the card, (coughs) B, isn't even going to co-main event the card. I mean, I think that if anything, they're going to have this match at the halftime show. Or like, it would be the halftime show rather, like midway through the through the evening. Yeah. Well, they'll figure it out. Whatever it is going to be, they will. I mean, I, I mean, Cena's going to have a match at WrestleMania. Who we who it's against, we don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me again. <laughs> but from top to bottom, the fast lane card is it was strong. It set up some great some great storylines ahead of Mania, uh, to the point where it's shades of WrestleMania 2000, like you showed me on Twitter. Because on paper, you're going to have Styles versus Nakamura, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and Miz for the IC title. You could have Orton versus Rude, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. The list just keeps going on. On paper, this looks like it's going to be a great night. Yeah. Well, we'll have to mess it up. <laughs> yeah, we will. I mean, I remember when we, when we went to Mania last year in the in the weeks leading up to it, I was like, oh, I mean, we're going to Mania. This is the card? Um, huh, okay, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, it, it, like, I don't go all the way to Florida and it stinks. But, yeah, it was a great show. I'm confident the same will happen this year. Yeah, I, me too. I mean, as long as we don't end up with a WrestleMania 32 on our hands, I'm cool. Yeah. If we end up anywhere near 30... I'm cool with that. So, if we could take, like, 30 and knock it down a notch. If you're like, yeah, you get 30, but you don't get, like, the ladder match, I'll be like, yeah, okay, great. Fine by me. Yeah. All right. So, that is the show right now. Now, I know we said we wanted to do a Women's History Month special. We're hoping to get one episode in right now, folks, because March is a very busy month for me with my other jobs. And Eddie's busy himself, too. So, I promise you there will be a Women's History Month episode... It will happen at some point this month. We just have to figure out when it's going to be because we need to figure out who who we're going to have on the show. We got to figure out what movie we're doing. I promise you, it is going to happen. Baby, we, baby, we promise you. Baby, we promise. It's going to no, be different. Like, this you, time. I'm trying to be better about about being aware of sexist tendencies and toxic masculinity. So, in as a sign of my trying to be better, I want to. Should I just stop talking? Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Guys, we don't have a video up. It's just taking a little bit longer than we anticipated. We are so sorry. Um, but we still have time to do wrestling podcasts. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just it's just hard to coordinate schedules during the week. We're just looking to bring on someone else because, to be all quite honest, we I, I'll i take the hit for this. I felt uncomfortable doing an episode about a Women's History Month episode with two guys, so we wanted to bring in right. someone that would have it. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and we were on the same page from that with that from the get-go. It's just a matter of finding times that are right for everybody and finding the right movie. So we will promise it will be sometime between... It will probably be between Monday and Thursday. We'll just figure it out. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, and... You'll see it. Yeah, now, that said, you will see that announcement on the podcast Twitter page at VidVault Podcast. 
Uh, Eddie, uh, you want to give him your Twitter and, and plug anything? Yeah, it's uh, at the worst boy. Uh, again, uh, instead of an Y, it's an I at the end of the word. <coughs> and um, also, I feel like there's stuff. I don't know. Oh, aren't, are, are, aren't you doing an improv show soon? Doing one on Wednesday, but that's kind of dated. By the time they get this, it will be too late. Um, we got one on the 22nd, Thursday, March 22nd at 8.30 at Legion Bar. Um, and just a lot of other cool stuff going on, you know? Honestly, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll start using Twitter a little bit more, and if you want to find out, just go on that thing. All right. You can find me on Twitter at jbsworld3286, and this episode will be up very soon. Yeah, it's a late Sunday slash early Monday morning. Uh, yeah, so, well, God, so it'll be Monday when you hear this. I don't this. think they need this part. Yeah, no, no they don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Should I, Yeah, okay. Am I done? Yeah, I gotta get off this couch. Get off the couch. All right. Don't forget to lock up, folks. Wait, don't lock me in here. I'm getting off the couch. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> it's uncomfortable. <laughs> and we'll, and we'll go use the couch in the office. Oh, okay. All right. Don't forget to lock up, folks. Have a good night. <laughs>